Whoa, we got some crazy news today, so let's talk about it. Uh, the news is about new tournament formats for Keyforge. The announcement came from Ghost Galaxy, and uh, let's get right into it. So actually, I'm going to show you first the... If you go to keyforging.com, click on the Are You Competitive article, you'll see this. This is a new creature. I don't think we know what this is yet. That's that's kind of fun. Two key announcements. I'm only going to talk about one of them in depth in this video. The first announcement is that Ghost Galaxy has some shared some new tournament formats that they envision for competitive Keyforge tournaments. And they're going to be testing them and getting feedback. So nothing set in stone. <laughs> Chill out. <laughs> but uh, these these are pretty crazy ideas. They're exciting good or bad, uh, that's what we're going to dig into. The other bit of news that maybe I'll talk about in a different video, or you can just read up on it on your own, is the Keyforge Celebration event in Roseville, Minnesota from November 11th through 13th this year. That's very soon. That's coming up. I am going to try to make it there, and um, you should consider it. And they're going to use that to test a bunch of these new formats. So, uh, yeah, you can get more info on that. But let's talk about the formats. So this is the page that dives into them. And there are actually only three. Uh, two things that are really worth noting. The first is these competitive formats are not in lieu, in other words, in place of support for casual play that GG intends to start providing in 2023. So this is not the experience that you will be presenting to new players at your local store. This is talking about high-level competitive events where there ought to be some experimentation. Okay, so we'll say that first. Uh, and then, so this is not talking about what they're going to have weekly in your store which honestly ought to be simpler than this because these get these are a little more complicated than anything you would do with a player that just showed up previously and so i don't think these are at all what's going to be used for casual okay the other thing really they're trying to stress this is they're in a preliminary state and undergoing testing they may be subject to substantial change prior to the end of the year and of course, they can always change them after that as well. So, you know, again, I, I'm excited to talk about this stuff. I am actually excited about all these options. Maybe I'll convince you, but if not, just know it's okay because there's a lot of room for the community to give feedback here. And I think the testing of these events is going to be really interesting. Okay, so let's talk about... Um, let's talk about the biggest change first, probably the most controversial, which is Alliance, the Alliance format. So this is a format, this is the, the most complicated out of these three options. And the way that the Alliance format will work is that each player just brings one house, or one deck rather. Uh, however, it is a semi-constructed deck. If you have played Soulforge Fusion, then this will sound really familiar to you, but the idea is that you bring a deck composed of three house pods. And a house pod is the set of 12 cards dedicated to one house 
in a single Archon deck. So a normal Archon deck has three houses in it. If you take all the cards from one house, that's a house pod. <clears throat> so for Alliance, you combine three of those. They have to be different houses. You can't have the same, you can't have 24 cards of the same house or 36 cards of the same house. So you're going to have three different houses and you're going to, uh, they could be, it could just be an Archon deck. You could bring a, just a normal Archon deck to this and it would be legal because an Archon deck contains three house pods. Boom, there you go. However, you also could take a house pod from one deck, a house pod from another deck, a house pod from another deck and combine those together. Um, people have talked about this for a long time and a lot of people have said that's a terrible idea. I've probably said that's a terrible idea at some point. Um, but it's, I think it's exciting. So I'm pretty happy to, to see this. Um, now mixed in this are some changes to just the general structure of tournaments. So I'll kind of try to segment those out here. Um, I think the, the house pod idea, hopefully it's pretty clear to you now how that works. Three house pods from different decks. I like that we have a terminology house pod that we can use now. Uh, this is going to be broken. I mean, there's going to be crazy things that you can bring. So it's interesting. I, I'll go into, I'll talk about it a little more at the end. I'll come back to this idea and how broken this could be. I just went through and figured out the house sass for every deck in my collection for all three houses sorted looked for the top three actually I couldn't do the top three because um, most of my top is is this this so um, what I had to do is get just a D a this that's very high and then my next top which was shadows actually and then my next top which was uh, Sarian so and I put those together and I'll show you what I what it is what it looks like and I a friend did a similar thing putting together three uh, this is exciting. The biggest hassle here is just you're going to have to make sure they're sleeved the same consistently because obviously the backs of the cards will look different. Um, but sleeving has always been a thing you have to do at high level competitive play. Now let's talk about the changes in the in the tournament structure because this is pretty substantial as well. We're talking about a change that uh, such that the main tournament is uh, is a, a double elimination round. So uh, every round, every round there's going to be, you know, everybody's going to be playing against somebody else and you play one game and when you've lost twice, you're eliminated. So the number of players actually starts to shrink. And that continues until only eight players remain. <clears throat> now, they've said there's going to be an FAQ later. Obviously, uh, we're going to have to figure this out because you could get into a situation where um, just doing normal Swiss pairings would result in fewer than eight players remaining. So probably they'll give a couple people buys as a result, maybe based on strength of schedule or something like that. I don't know. Um... But yeah, so once you've lost twice, you're eliminated. Now, uh, some I, the initial response I've seen from people is, oh no, I like playing through till the end. But it, we'll cover it. It's actually not that big of a change because they have something 
that is essentially the continuation of the event, um, but with an actual prize support if you are eliminated. So, um, so actually, I think the result of this will be more players will continue after they're eliminated playing the same event that they signed up for originally. So, I, I actually think this is this this will increase people staying who who have lost two games. Okay. But it's very clear now. You lose twice, you're out. Um, none of this, you know, is it X1? Is it X2? Is it X3? It, none of that. It's just if, 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 you're, if you've lost twice, you're eliminated, go until there's eight. And then the playoff rounds are uh, best of three games. So that's, that's interesting. Takes away some variance. I think that's nice and fair. And, uh, and then you're eliminated and if you lose, if you win, you continue. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's great. Um, okay. Again, okay. Probably now it's worth talking about second Amber because this is what happens if you are eliminated. If you are eliminated, you join the second Amber tournament. So it's a consolation tournament, but the important thing to note really quick is that actually there are prizes. So when you have lost twice in the main event, you switch over, you have the option to switch over to the second Amber event. And in the second Amber event, every win you get, gets you a chance in, in the raffle, in the pool. And at the end of the second Amber, uh, eight random entries are drawn from the pool and each of those gets a prize. Now they haven't said that whether a, the same player can win twice, because theoretically if you you know, are eliminated after the second round, switch over, and then, you know, win, 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 uh, you could end up with four entries, you could end up with four prizes. I don't, I don't know whether they'll let that happen, or whether it's like once you've won, that's, that's it. Anyway, but the point is, that actually gives people an incentive to keep going. So what happens is, the format of the event is actually a continuation of the companion events format. Um, and so then you then you just keep playing and uh, any wins get you chances to win these prizes. So again, I think that incentivizes people to stay in longer, actually, even after they've lost their chance at making the, the top cut, that final eight. Uh, okay, so yeah, I think that's pretty great. And if you actually think about the way that Swiss works, they there's no reason they can't have this whole thing organized as Swiss, but with uh, basically a cut that's saying, okay, everything um, on this side of the line where people have lost tw twice is part of it, it, the wins count for this, and they have no chance at getting that top eight, whereas everything on this side of the line, they're still in contention for the top eight, and their wins don't count for this. Um, so yeah, anyway, I, I really think it's it's actually a much nicer uh, way to do things and the, the end result, again, those pairings could be the same as they would be in a Swiss tournament. You're, if you're 0-2, you're not going to be playing against the 2-0 player anyway. You're going to be playing against other 0-2 or 1-1 players. So I think that is an excellent change. I'm really excited about that. Um, okay, now we've talked about Alliance. I'm going to switch over to talk about Sealed, um, because Sealed has an Alliance 
component as well or a similarity there and the way that sealed is going to work is from now on you open two decks instead of one typical uh actually typical competitive sealed was you open multiple decks and then you choose one of them to play but in this setup you would open just two so actually the the price point can be lower than other high level events where you're opening three or five or something so you're opening two and then you do uh you construct an alliance deck from that so in opening the deck you're going to have six house pods um, you might not have six different houses represented but you will have six house pods with at least three houses represented and from those six house pods you compose a deck and uh, you have 30 minutes to do that, which that's the same as old sealed. You would have 30 minutes at a vault tour sealed to review your decks, leave it, whatever, before play starts. So that's normal. You just have a slightly, a little more decision making to do, which is great. Decision making is actually good. That that increases player agency. So I think this is a actually a big improvement to the way that sealed will work at high level competitive again i don't think this is going to apply at the local casual level at local casual level it'll probably still be open a deck play it and and that's it but for the competitive level and maybe for some competitive level store events you'll have uh this format where you're actually able to have a little more choice over what you have in the event i think that's great um now, one interesting thing about this is that between rounds, you're allowed to calibrate, which means you could decide to take to swap out pods and reconstitute your deck. You still have only those six pods to choose from, but you could do something different. You, you might think, oh, well, actually, the, the Brobnar wasn't working in this, so I'll swap it out for this other Brobnar pod or for this other house uh, so you have that option to switch it out between which is really nice because seeing that it's double elimination you could lose a match and think oh I want to try something different and you have that option whereas again before you you didn't have any option like that you went in with one deck and you're stuck with it the whole time so I think that's actually very nice and if you you know do get knocked out and go to the second amber event you can uh, calibrate there as well Again, in the playoff, it's going to be best of three. So the, the playoff, the tournament structure is the same. It's double elimination. Uh, once you're eliminated, you can go to the second Amber event. And uh, when it's down to eight players, they go into four elimination brackets. And those are best of three. And you continue until uh, one player has won two games in the match. And then you advance or are knocked out. Um, one thing, and this applies to Alliance as well. For, actually, this applies more to Alliance. For Alliance, the thing they, that is not addressed here is how you present a list to the other player. That's, um, that is not shown here, and that'll, that'll be an interesting question. Okay. Um, the last new format that I want to talk about is actually not going to be totally unfamiliar to some people because the people in the community have run this as a format called uh, Archon Best of One. And so uh, so the way this is going to work is it's actually like the old triad. You, you have to bring three decks, uh, and these are straight Archon decks. They're not modified in any way, so these are normal decks. <laughs> and you're going to bring three of them. And in the first round, it's, it's the same 
basic structure, double elimination, and then cut to top eight, and there's going to be a second amber event. But uh, when you sit across from your opponent in the first round, you're each presenting the other person with three lists. The other player looks at your three lists and is going to choose one of them that you can't use in this event. So this is deck presentation. You present your three lists. Disqualification. They disqualify one of your decks, so you can't select it during uh, this matchup. And then you select one of your remaining decks. And it says remaining ready decks. We're going to talk about that in a second. But you're going to pick one of your remaining decks. So let's say you bring deck A, B, and C. And your opponent selects you cannot play deck B. Well, now you have decks A and C, and you have to choose one of them. You do, and then you each use the deck that you selected of the two that you could. And you, you play. You play one match. It's best of one. All right. At the end of that, somebody's won, somebody's lost. Now, that's just the first round. The, the thing that changes in the upcoming rounds is that the deck you used in the previous round is exhausted. So if, I, if my opponent disqualified deck B... I chose between decks A and C. Now I cannot, uh, let's say I use deck A. Now in round two, I cannot use deck A. I could only use decks B or C. And so when I sit down across from my opponent in round two, I am going to present decks B and C. And uh, then my opponent is going to disqualify one of deck B or C. So if my opponent disqualifies deck B this time, in round two, then I have to play deck C. That's my only option. So that's that's a little um, limiting compared to um, the way we've done triad best of one in, in just community events. But I actually really like it because it forces some variety. So now I'm playing deck C because my opponent disqualified deck B and I don't have a choice. But of course, I'm, I'm able to do the same type of thing to them. So now going into round three, deck C is exhausted, I present deck A and B. If my opponent again disqualifies deck B, I'm stuck playing deck A. So the nice thing is you're going to be switching back and forth between decks. Maybe you don't think that's nice. I think that's nice. So you kind of, uh, it forces some variety. It allows you to force your opponent into a situation too. It's pretty fair in that way. And um, so there's, there's just going to be a lot of variety. Now, when you get to the, if you get to the top eight, it gets extra crazy because in the, at the start of the playoffs, which remember is just top eight, that's all that's in the playoffs. At the start of the playoffs, uh, all your decks are ready again. So you start from scratch, A, B, and C, you present all three of them. And in round one, in the round of eight, your opponent is going to look at your three decks, let's say A, B, and C, and they're going to disqualify one. So let's say they disqualify B again. Well, now I must play A or C. Let's say I choose A. Let's say I win. When I go into round two, deck A is exhausted now. So round two of the playoffs. So in the round of four, I have only two decks that I can present. And when I present those, my opponent is going to disqualify one of them. Let's say B is just so good, my opponent disqualifies B again. Well, now in the round of four, I have to play deck C. Let's say I win. Actually, in the playoffs, decks do not become ready. So now, going into the final match, decks A and C are both exhausted. The only deck I can play is deck B, 
the deck that people have been running away from this whole time and uh, and my opponents in the same situation, we do not do a disqualification. Uh, so resultantly, at the end of the tournament, the two finalists will have played each of their three decks once during the playoffs. So, so actually... Uh, Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. In in the playoffs, there is not there's no disqualification. Okay, so actually, in in the round of four, ah, in the round of three, I get to see all three of my opponents, and then I choose one of my three. In the round of four, sorry, in the round of eight, in the round of four, I get to see both my opponents' lists, and then I choose one of mine, and then we play. And then in the round of two, in the finals, we just have one deck to play. And these are all best of three games. So, yeah, that's I, I had misread that before. That's very interesting. I like I like the playoff format there. Um, no disqualification. So yeah, that that all is pretty exciting. Um, this shakes things up. And keep in mind, this is all for for competitive level. So you're not pushing new players into this. They don't have to worry about constructing a deck or anything like that. It's totally fine. And I, I, I think this is good stuff. I really like the, the new Archon format. Okay. Now let's talk uh, Alliance a little more. Because what I did is I went to uh, decksofkeyforge.com and I downloaded a CSV of my whole collection. My collection is uh, like 600-something decks. And uh, some people have bigger, a lot of people have smaller Anyway, it is what it is. Uh, I downloaded a CSV of that, which is a feature that you can do on Decks of Keyforge. If you want to download a CSV of more than 100, you need to have a, a paid Patreon subscription. Um, but anyway, I went ahead and did that. And um, if you want, you can actually download... Uh, Nova makes available a... Um, a download of, of a CSV of the entire uh, the entirety of decks that DOK knows about and it's it's big but you can download that for free and look through it do what you want with it so then I used a really simple Python script to separate out the houses and part of what the data has is the per house SAS so at the end, I produced a new CSV that just had the deck name, the house, the house SAS, and then the link to the deck. And then I sorted that by SAS. And after doing that, I picked three high SAS houses. Um, and here, I'll show you what they are. First off, I mentioned this. Dees has, um, has a lot of, I should hide my tags here. I guess you can see them if you want. Um, Deese has a lot of high SAS uh, setups, so that's not surprising to anybody, I think, but there you go. So in this one, I took the Deese, which is a Gateway, Grim Reminder, Three Stirring Graves, Anguish, Dark Minion, Three Infernaces, a Snudge, and an Umbra Fiend. Um, this is from a very good overall deck, but you can see the, the disc is 35 SAS here. Whereas the Shadows and Star Alliance are in the 20s, in the mid-20s. Then I took from 
Miss Tenville Gomez, which is a 74 sus deck that I know is good. It's a good deck. Um, I took the Shadows, which is 35 sass also. And notice the, the Sanctum and Untamed are just lower here, um, 19 and 20. So, But this Shadows is really high sass. It has Dark Amber Vault with a lot of great mutants. Two Johnny Longfingers, two Mutant Cut Purses, Rad Penny, Dino Thief, along with Bone Rot Venom, uh, Vandalize, Mug, Lights Out, and Borrow. So really, really good stuff there. And that's a 35 sass house. And then in this one, um, which I have listed by it now for $3, uh, and I put a note on my account saying, um, actually, if you try to buy something from me right now, I might say no, because we really have to think through all this stuff. I'll just unlist this right now. Um, anyway, um, the this is crazy. It's 65 sass. The Brobnar is 17, the Shadows is 15, but the Saurian is 33, which is pretty high. So, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Um, so I included this Saurian, and I, I didn't think about this. I didn't, like, look for, is this, will this synergize together? So you could put some actual human thought into this, into what will work well together, and come up with something more broken easily. Uh, but all these together came out to 102 sass theoretical deck and um it has a borrow and a snudge so ways to deal with uh artifacts uh crazy high amber control pretty high amber generation low speed so this is really just a play through things deck although dark getting dark amber vault out could do a lot of good work and then um and then really high creature control as well. So really the only the only problem with this deck potentially is the speed. Um, but yeah, th this is pretty crazy. And I think if you think about some combos, uh, some situations that some specific combos that you might want, like um, like Martian generosity key abduction, uh, you have that combo, but you want to put it into a um, into a higher sat into a better logos setup um like this deck of mine that has a 25 sas mars which uh, there are better jenka setups but it's pretty good um you know um like Putting this into an engine with uh, with logos, with archives and stuff could be pretty crazy. Um, let's say you want, um, let's say you have a uh, Heart of the Forest setup that you want with better key cheats. Um, that could be pretty crazy. If you have a, uh, a friend generated a sample one that would have seven copies of control of the week because of Mavericks. Um, there's just a lot of really, really silly stuff that could happen here. So I expect some very broken things to come out of this. Here's one that a friend put together from decks that he owns personally. It, it involves a Jenka, uh, a really good 
Logos that can tuck stuff away, and then a strong Dece with three Infernuses, an Etan's Jar, and two Marks of Dece. That's really, that's really solid. And um, yeah, this is just brutal. So anyway, uh, very interesting stuff. And I'm excited to see what kinds of things people come up with. I have to imagine that in the end, this is going to result in, this is going to end up changed because have, being able to go out of set uh, is almost just too good. Um, and maybe con, con, uh, confining this to alliance within a particular set would be more fair. But, um, you know, I think it's great to try new things. And so I hope, I hope you'll be a little open-minded about this. It's going to be hard to really have solid thoughts about this until we do some big events using it and we can't do that online currently uh well you could in um you could in tts but you can't in tco tco does not support doing something like this currently um maybe that'll change i i hope that'll change um that that would be fun but uh yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy and i think we're gonna have to change the names too to like not just be the one that theoretically exists but allow people to come up with amalgamation names um dok will probably end up having support for alliance decks um anyway I, this is just it's crazy and um i'm pretty excited about it but if you're if you are not i totally get it uh, that's, that's fine. So, um, but I think just to go back over the, um, quick summary, right? There are three new formats. There's Alliance where you combine house pods from th three different decks to, <clears throat> to produce a, a deck that you'll use in the event. There's Archon. That's like triad best of one. You bring three decks, your opponent disqualifies one. You have to use one of the other two. They're sealed, uh, it, where in competitive you're going to open two decks and build a deck from from three of the six house pods that you just opened. And in each event, the they're going to be uh, they're going to be double elimination brackets that will continue until you're down to eight players. At which point it'll go to an eight-player playoffs where the games become best of three. And for each event, there's going to be a second Amber event alongside it that starts uh, that starts after the end of, of the round two of the main event. And in the second Amber event, you'll be able to continue playing just like you were in the main event. And each win that you get will put your name in a bucket to potentially win a prize. <clears throat> so I think it'll actually give people more incentive to keep playing. Um so that's that. Um, if you have any questions, I think you probably want to just reach out to Ghost Galaxy, not to me. But I'd love to hear what your thoughts are, read what your thoughts are. And uh, I hope that I'll get to see you at the Keyforge celebration. Thanks.